another session with the Tri-Tech Games Podcast, starring Bruce, John, Trav, Pixie. So sit back and groove with us cats as we spin another session of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. This is Jeff. Welcome to the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Your podcast of going out into the jungle. No, wait, it's a forest. No, wait, it's 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 a it's a it's a wasteland of ice and snow. Wait a second, what's that icky thing crying to crawl up my leg? <laughs> Oh my goodness, we're we're in Goat Simulator. <laughs> Heaven help us all. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTech Games podcast. We are continuing our series of playing Fringeworthy in someone else's intellectual property. And this week, uh, Professor Josie is going to school us in Fringeworthy in Skyrim. Yes, instead of a sandbox, it's an icebox. Yes. Uh, now, Very old icebox. Uh, yeah, uh, just just for those hearing that extra voice, um, Jeff Hughes, Josie's cousin, Goth Bunny's nephew, one of my gamers, as well as one of the pop culture reporters on the Travcast is with us tonight for as an SME because he knows about Skyrim. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Um, now, Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls universe is a product of what company? It is a product of Bethesda Softworks. So, no, we don't own any of it. Leave us alone. Yeah, it's a thought experiment here, folks. Anything I said in this podcast after this is is, is not the property of PC. This is nothing more than a thought experiment using their property. Yes. What you do with your game in your home is your business. Yes. We don't come in and knock on doors or neither would Bethesda, you know, yeah. So I need to get the big blue binder here real quick. So, Josie, if you could. Yes, despite them trying to kill the modding community, they haven't actually completely banned the whole thing yet. <laughs> All, right. All right. I don't think they ever will. It's too big. Oh, they probably yeah. won't. If well, Josie, else, why don't, don't you go ahead and give us the background on Skyrim for the one person in our audience who may not have heard of it? Oh, besides me? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Skyrim is the fifth in the series of Elder Scrolls games, which they do take place more or less in order, so if you play them in order, getting a hold of the first two, Arena and Daggerfall, you can get them on the Elder Scrolls website for free. It'll also download the emulator that's now required to run them. And what is that emulator for, which will show this how far back this goes? This particular emulator is for the MS-DOS operating system. Dial on the Wayback Machine, folks. Like, if some of you remember the MS-DOS prompt you had to use, yeah. Yeah, these things are not only br not only old, but brutal. 
Oh no, when you mm. told me that a couple hours ago, I'm like, Emma's Stone, what? <laughs> when I looked at it, I was like, what? Yeah, so. I just slap uh, it into my uh, into my uh, Windows XP machine. All right. Hmm. Okay, what are the order of the five games that are yes. leading, you know, the other games that lead up to Skyrim? The five main ones, Arena, Daggerfall, Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Okay, and they are in chronological order as far as the canon of as Elder Scrolls. As far as the canon of Elder Scrolls goes, they are <clears throat> in chronological order. Okay, all right. Bethesda had this plan from the very beginning. Oh, no, from what you tell me, they were doing some good writing as far as their canon, the little bits that you've been schooling me with this evening. If you take a look at the the official map used... For the it, world of the continent of Tamriel. The, the, on the continent of Tamriel on the world of Nirn. Nirn, N-I-R-N, yes. Yes. If you take a look at the official world map that will be posted along with this episode, it has not changed since the first game much. There's been a, it's gotten a bit more detailed as graphical yeah. engine supply, but the placement has not changed. So it's not like divide, uh, what's the term? Geopolitical divisions have not changed throughout this entire game. Oh. The continent, the continent is of course stable and the five or six nations that I saw... Nine. Okay, Nine well, different provinces. Okay, well, the provinces, I they have not changed throughout the course of the game. They have not changed. Not one bit. Okay. Now, adding Fringeworthy to this, we have placed the world of Nirn in Nirn on the paths. It is positive 15-3, which would be in the okay. new numbering system... Positive 15, comma 4, because the portal will be at the 4 o'clock position. That's really close. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, in the portal's one book, the portal is listed as off. Now, obviously, if you're running this game and you decide, well, I want the portal open right away, you could do this as early as the early campaign. But if you have it locked down, it could be the middle or late campaign. But let me read the blurb for positive 15, comma 3. Snow Peak, high top of a flattened mountain at 27,000 feet. Snow-covered. Has several non-recognizable pendants at the top. No radio or evidence of high technology. Okay, so you picked this particular one. Why? What is on that world that matches with this blurb? The the, the, the lack of high technology did match pretty much immediately. The fact that Skyrim itself as a province is very snowy and cold, okay. even in the southern portions. Cold. Okay. <laughs> so that light on that pylon will be sitting. It'll it'll, it'll be steady. It'll be cold. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to read by this light. Well, here's the thing. I did the research earlier. Now it says high top of a flattened mountain at twenty seven thousand feet. For reference, Mount Everest is twenty nine thousand twenty nine feet. K two is about what we what was it twenty eight six hundred twenty eight thousand. So this this is a Himalaya sized mountain that you're going to be coming out on this alt portal with, probably a warp I would imagine. So basically, well you could have it as a portal it, it too. It could be a, it it could be exposed. It might not be. Well the thing is if there are flags up here, people have been up here. It's probably the portal itself is probably not exposed. So it would be a warp. It would most likely be a warp. Okay. And at 27,000, you can get by without supplemental oxygen. But you know what? Bring a bottle. Well, well, the thing is, I mean, when they read the portal and see that the extreme cold light is on, it's, okay, break out the cold weather gear. And then you're going to find out 
okay, you're on top of a mountain. It's this cold. Well, the low anyone pressure. Who knows about mount, anyone who knows about mountaineering is going to realize, okay, we are at K2 Mount Everest levels. You don't really want to spend a whole lot of time there, but it's not going to necessarily kill you to go there. Right. But they'll see those lights, and most prepared IDETs will be like, break out the cold weather gear for going through this portal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, break yeah. out the heavy fur, because you will need it. Uh, speaking of fur, yes. All right. That's the thing. All right, so this world, Nern, the continent, Tamriel, this region that the warp opens onto, known as Skyrim. Yes, that is, this is the particular province. Okay, so I broke it down. Okay. As I said, folks, other than hearing about Skyrim and the arrow to the knee comments, I'm getting schooled here. Skyrim is further divided into nine different holds, basically. Districts within the province, yes. Yeah. And this portal is set within the Winterhold region of Skyrim. Okay. That is, this is, however, a preliminary placement pending investigation into potential suitable placements in other sections of Skyrim. I haven't played in a few weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we know that if you played the game, you know that just north of Winterhold, there's this place, there's, there's a cave down on the ice and you go inside of it, and there's a big portal in there that doesn't work for you unless you do certain things. It could certainly be usurped for other purposes. Oh. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, that might... Didn't even think about that one. Eh? I didn't think about that. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, I didn't know about it. So, I mean, that could, that could mean you could place this on another world where you come out of this portal into an icy cavern. And, yeah, okay, hmm. But, but tell me what you thought we, it should be. Where do you think the portal should be on this world? Well, you said Winterhold. Right. But is it actually in Winterhold, or is it someplace outside of it? It is. It's it's outside of the city. It is on the Skyrim map, which we will also be posting. It is roughly northwest of Sarthal that we have placed this. Yes, uh, right near a pile of mammoth bones. Mammoth. The the mammoth bones are visible in the. Oh, gates. mammoth. Mammoth. Yeah, mammoth as, bones. As in big woolly mammoth. Yeah, he. It sounded like he said mammoth. I'm like, okay, no. that's a new creature name. All right. Mammoth. Okay, what? Where was that again? Southwest or northwest of what? Northwest of Sarthal. Oh, okay. I see where it now. Writing it in the book for future reference here. The big blue binder of doom, as we call it. It is outside the city. The yeah. closest, the closest people would be mages from the college that are investigating Sarthal, but is still considered within the Winterhold region. Still considered under that under that Jarl's authority. Hmm. Okay. And a Jarl is the is basically the equivalent of the warlord. Yeah. The equivalent of a warlord or a king. Yeah. J A R L, like you know, a frost giant Jarl. Yeah. Would it, no, well, since this is, since this is a is it, this is an empire it's set in, or is it a kingdom it's set in? Because you said they're provinces, but provinces would then therefore it would have dukes in charge of them. Well, I just use that These term are, as a geopolitical division, John. As I said, I'm the newbie yeah. here. So. Yeah, this this is in in the in the game itself. This is a conquered land. Okay. So, okay. So yeah. the the empire has conquered this land. Yet the people who used to be the rulers are still in charge of their areas, you know, as 
his vassals and okay. uh but and they go by their uh more traditional terms you know the jarls you know oh. other types yeah. oh, okay how very rome how very roman of them and and also muslim yeah that too and mongolian yeah okay anyways Better than I could have explained it. Well, I, apparently I, these two have also played the game a lot more than I have. So well, I, mean. <laughs> I I haven't done any of the DLCs, but I played the entire main you game. You don't really need to, per se. I mean, the pertinent events that we'll be talking about don't require the DLC at all. The key point in figuring out where to place the portal was I wanted to avoid... I wanted to avoid the map markers that mark the dragon layers. Ah. Even though most of them are in suitable locations. Yeah, but I don't think people want to encounter a dragon immediately after coming out of the portal. And that's why. Well, yeah, because let's say we put this because it's on positive 15. Okay, Jeff, you know a friend that I've told you about it. The Bureau 13 world is only two nodes away. So if this is in the early campaign, yes, they will have just learned that magic does exist on the fringe paths, but I doubt that they would have seen a dragon. So this would be a very bad thing to put in an early campaign model, having the portal, oh, look, you're in a dragon's backyard. Uh, we didn't want to which, do that. Which, based off of Josie's recommendation, is why when I was scouting out the area... For the placement of the portal, I avoided all dragon layers, and I found this nice little precipice near Sarthal with the aforementioned pile of mammoth bones, and I was like, oh, look, this is perfect. Okay. Granted, um, you, you see Sarthal as soon as you come out, you see the mammoth bones, and you might also encounter a snow bear or a frost troll or two, but... Nothing you can't handle. As you would. Okay, um, as far as Sarthal, what is it exactly? So we know right. what the players are getting into. Is it a city, a Sarthal, castle? Sarthal is a an ancient ruined city. It was the first settlement that humans made on Tamriel when they came over from the another continent called Atmora. Okay. Atmora has since basically completely frozen over, so it's inhospitable. Oh, so they came, they may have came they, here because they were they, losing, they were like going through a famine due to winter. They came over to Tamriel to escape total destruction, yes. Okay, so yeah, and because. That is a, cons according to what I've read on the wiki, that is a consistent theme for the races that came to Tamriel. They were all leaving some type of massive disaster or something. In their homelands, yes. Well, because um, yesterday. Myself, Perky Goth, and Pixie were all talking while we were out shopping, and we were beating this around. I said, oh, no, if there are mass exoduses of people leaving their continents, it's not just because, oh, we want to explore. No, it's usually there's something happening. War, persecution, famine, a natural oh, yeah. disaster. So, okay, good. Their continent was freezing over. They were starving. They left for, well, <laughs> somewhat warmer climes, and they ended At up here in Tamriel. they grow things. Yes. This particular city was attacked during during the beginning of a war between humans and elves. Okay. And what ended up completely destroyed. Only three people actually survived to escape the city. Damn. They basically went back home, and this 
it was the one guy and his two sons, Yves Grimoire, mangling, I know, his, him and his two sons went back to Atmora, gathered more people, and basically went on a hunt for the elves that attacked them, the, the elven race that attacked them. So we're you tried to kill us. We're going to bring more and come back and kill you harder. Okay, yes. gotcha. Yeah, or the or the, the old phrase: go to new places, meet new creatures, and kill them. Yeah. There's some debate even in game as to why the city was attacked by the elves. Yes, they could There's have just seen these they, new creatures as we don't like you. Get out. They initially were friends, but there's some debate whether the city was attacked because humans breed too fast, or there was this ma magical artifact of great power that they wanted. That now, who wanted? That, the elves or the humans? The, the elves. That the elves wanted. It's okay, a debate this... between which one was actually the cause. Okay, where was this artifact at? Did the humans bring it with them, or was it there it in the humans? It looks like, based on what is found during the, during the game, it looks like that artifact was uncovered underneath the city. So the humans build the city, and then they dig down, and they realize, oh, look, we have this thing, and the elves are like, no, we want that, hence the war. Right. That is one possible reason. Would that be the Sarful Magnus? Yes, that would be the Eye of Magnus. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a big, big green ball. Yep, it's a big green ball with strange markings on it. Have fun. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. Oh. I'm looking at pictures of one of the screen shirts shot shirts shot shots shots <laughs> of Sarthal and it's yeah um yeah. why people would live there I really don't know it's frozen well and then we're not talking Elsa's castle no this is more like more like what was left after the they took care of the thing uh, oh okay. Well, Keep in mind, you are also seeing the city in a condition after thousands of years. Okay. -ish. Okay, so the IDET would come out. They see the, all these banners here. They see the occasional Arctic-based fauna. And they see this ruins of the city known as Sarthal. Now, we have often expressed in these thought experiments... That if an IDEP were to come through and recognize certain facets of a world that, let's say, and John has used otaku or you have the team geek, let's say they recognize the area and it's like, oh my gosh, that's Sarthal. Holy crap, we're on nerd. So that would be like a knowledge pop culture or a knowledge video games or Savage World if you had a knowledge-based skill that would cover that and you make a high enough role either... For OGL, a DC high enough, or in Savage Worlds, if depending on your die type. Actually, in Savage Worlds, it would be, uh, depending on your character's background, it may even just be a simple common knowledge role, which is just against Okay, yeah, that too. If you were the video smarts. game player. If you were, yeah. Yes. If your character has a has a background <coughs> and is like me, gamer, then, yeah. yeah. It would be a common it, knowledge it role, yeah. It would be a yeah. common knowledge thing because Skyrim is one of the well-known games. Yeah, remember, I, I looked it up. I got actually broke and had to blow the dust off the Savage World book. As I said, my main engine, folks, is OGL and Pathfinder. We were looking yeah. at, like, I was looking at the different banners and symbols that we needed that, that would be used around this area. And Depending on your gamer, he, his first response is, great, we're in Skyrim, or... Okay, guys, let's make like a slarg and go back to the portal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like 
Okay, what's great about this? Or why? Okay, let's say they choose the former and they decide to explore because we want this thought experiment to go on. So they get right. to, so the, obviously the first place they're going to go is Sarthal to start exploring, to right. see, okay, what is this city? What's here? Is there shelter? It looks abandoned. We'll see what happened right. here. They might be able to gain their and, bearings. Because okay. let's say they don't have a video game geek. So they just see this abandoned city here in the middle of the tundra on top of this mountain. No. No, no, it wouldn't be necessarily abandoned. Uh, people from the College of Winterhold would be there investigating the ruins and doing re research on magical artifacts found within the uh, area. Oh, crap. So they're walking in the middle of an archaeological dig. Yes. Right. They're basically going to be coming down off this mountain heading towards an archaeological dig. Ooh. Oh, okay. So you got a bunch of uh, effectively dungeon delvers. Yeah, I would put them in as we said in the previous one podcast. They're combat archaeologists. There you go. Well, because yeah, they're spell casting oh. wizards. Yeah, combat archaeologists. Oh yeah. Which means they probably don't. Well, they probably do have bodyguards. And um, they might as, have. As oh. mentioned in the college storyline, the the excavation of Sarthal is actually used as training for some of the apprentices. Okay. So you might have one instructor from the college there with a handful of apprentice mages just learning the craft. Ah, so no burly guy wearing, you know, chainmail bikini and ignoring the cold. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unless he, not unless he just wants to be there. Yeah, I know. In that case, then, hey, it's all good in the hood. We're not going to question. In we that don't. case, I've got one word for you as to who that might be. We'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> so most likely they're going to check out, most IDETs are going to go to that ruins and check out what's there. Even it's the whole low-hanging fruit and spectacle. The first thing you see, you check it out. And yeah, it's the most logical thing to do. Even if they don't recognize the area, it is cold. Yes. They want area away from the wind and, you know, nothing like a big castle wall to block a lot of wind. Okay. That's the first place that looks like it might have somewhere inside. Let's go. Yeah. And so we get there. Looking at the picture, there's either the big ruined building on the hillside or there's this door into the side of the mountain, whichever is more convenient, I guess. <laughs> and and the Sarfall dungeon itself. Oh, that is the dungeon entrance. That's the dungeon entrance then, right? Okay. Yeah. And well, for lack of a better term, yeah. But it is actually with the way we placed it, and I showed uh, Pixie here a picture of the initial placement. It's an easy five to ten minute walk, depending on basic stamina level. Uh, you relatively get to the site within a reasonable amount of time before any kind of frostbite would set in. Oh, so you're making a lot of fort saves in the OGL version because... Uh, that would easily be below freezing temperatures, and you might get a bonus with the Ford save either due to your cold weather gear, which, of course, IDET's going to give you the best stuff they can make, or survival checks. And I think in Savage Worlds, it would just be one um, uh, like brain, brain but stats. One kind, Stamina? Yeah, no, one kind. One, one vigor. One vigor test. Yes, thank it, you. It'd be a vigor test, and then oh, you, okay. then you're there. Basically. And then, of course, this is also given the fact that 
provided you don't encounter any of the local wildlife that might attack you as soon as you come out, like the frost trolls or snow bears, which would increase your exposure to the elements as well as possible injuries through the. Why would that increase your uh, exposure to the elements? Because you're in the elements a little bit longer while you're doing the combat so that you get to the shelter. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, most most of the time, you know, people are going to be coming through wearing environmental suits anyways. So this is, A, not going to be that much of a problem. And but uh, and secondly, they're going to be ca- probably carrying modern weapons. And I don't and those snow bears aren't going to stand much of a chance. Yes, that was something else that I checked out, Bruce, and I talked with Josie about over the past day or so. Um, we've determined the tech level. Now, again... I'm going to use the OGL parlance. It's medieval level technology. So in the D20 modern future, that would be PL2. But because I was told there are crossbows or there were crossbows and they're kind there, of rediscovering are, them, they have they still have them? They still have them in the particular faction. Okay. It's, it's possible partic- that they may have rediscovered them recently, but they do have them by the time... Okay, so we're talking late PL2, early PL3, so the beginning of the Renaissance era of technology. However, from what I've been reading, they haven't discovered gunpowder yet. Now, no, no gunpowder. No electricity. But guns do work. There's you, nothing that I've seen and that Josie's talked about, Jeff, saying that gunpowder use is prohibited. They just haven't discovered it on this world yet. Right, right. If you happen to bring a gun with you, it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. And, and as, a, as a matter of fact, with the um, the kind of tech that's available from the uh, the, the dromers, um, you could easily have air pressure guns. Yeah, exactly. And oh, yes, the dromers. Yeah. Uh, yes, the gear. Uh, yes, okay. So, but we're still dealing across the board generally with a medieval level technology just creeping into the Renaissance, and apparently these Dwemers had much higher technology. Now, right. would we yes, be dealing even, with... Okay, Jeff, real quick. They even went as far as to uh, take it one step further, and the Dwemer also had access to uh, uh, the geothermal technology, as a lot of their stuff was geothermal-powered since they were deep underground. That is true. If you look at... Now, this was added with the Dawn Guard expansion. You look at the Aetherium Forge. The forge is directly next to a lava pool. Yeah, geothermal heat. That's... See, yeah, in that case then, because... Okay, I have to do the research here for the bureau game I run. America didn't get its first geothermal uh, power source until 1893. That would be considered PL4. So these Dwemer were incredibly advanced. Yeah, they, they were it, far. It's it's oh, one yeah. of these classic cases of where you have a fallen culture. Yeah, they were they were uh, much more advanced than they fell into just in collapse, and then everybody else moved into the area and either worked with some artifacts they found or just kind of had to build up on their own because there was nobody there left to teach them. Okay, oh, exactly. do we want to bring up why the Dwemer are gone? Uh, yeah. The only Dwemer city people really live in is actually what's now known as Markarth. Is that anywhere near the warp, or is that like in a different location? Nowhere near. It's uh, very far, very far to the west. On the opposite okay. side of the pro- province. Okay, but 
the Dwemer. They the were Dwemer. there. They had this they, massive they tech had this organization. Massive or, technological they um, had this massive technological society. Yes, thank you. They were all across Skyrim and even in other provinces as well, I think. Don't, from what, don't from quote what, me on that. But you were also saying that. that with their automatons, and they had these soul gems, so right. there was a lot of techno-magic as well. There was a lot of techno-magic. They had what you called, what, early soul mechs? Yeah, the soul mech from the Dragon um, the Dragon Star game. Basically, yes. souls in gems, and they helped power and animate yes. automatons. This, yep. explain, this does explain why every t- nearly every time you kill one, you end up getting a soul gem or two from it. Okay. But the Dwemer, so they had relatively much higher tech than the other races. They dealt with magic. They kind of thumbed their nose to the gods, so they were kind of atheists. They, they kind of thumbed their nose they, to they the They saw gods that the gods existed, but they were kind of like, eh. And you know. wanted to even surpass them. They, they're, they're mage crafters, the artificers. They called them their tonal architects. Okay. The chief tonal architect acting as a leader of Basically, would be the would be equivalent to a guild master of their artificing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The chief tunnel architect found a divine. They found a divine arch- The divine artifact. artifact. They cre- they had initially created this massive humanoid golem that was powered by the artifact. Oh no! What could possibly go oh, wrong? Oh yeah! What could possibly go wrong? And then this particular golem ended up so powerful it breaks time when it's activated. Oops. Yeah. It's, That's a big oops. That is a big oops. The tunnel architect also began experimenting with this artifact in hopes of enhancing his race, possibly helping them gain immortality. So they were trying and, to like reverse engineer a divine artifact using science, even though it, they knew full well it was magic. This. And this is where that folks, the face folks, palm I'm doing forty years palm. of gaming, the face palm I'm doing right now, it it, it, it involves two hands. Just, oh. Godzilla is jealous of his face palm. Yeah. Right now. Anyways. So basically they did the equivalent of wearing copper armor and carrying a big copper sword and standing on top of the tallest hill during a thunderstorm saying, <laughs> You guys are a bunch of son of a guns. Yeah. <laughs> exactly the point. Okay, so the moment he started he created these Three items. They're named after him. His name was Kagranak. These yep. three items are collectively called Kagranak's tools. Okay. The moment he tried to use them on the divine artifact, the heart of Lorcan, yes, the entire Dwemer race disappeared. Okay. What was the basis of this divine artifact? What did it do? The, How was it powered? What the divine artifact was. Literally, the heart of Lorcan, the the god said to have created Nern. Because Lorcan's body became Nern itself, the heart is literally said to be the heart of the world and cannot be destroyed. It was cast down to, to Nern by Oriel, or as we will, as we better know him, Akatosh. Okay. It was cast down to Nern in hopes that it would never be found again. Where it landed, eventually became Red Mountain, a notable volcano in Morrowind. Okay, so the Dwemer try to reverse engineer a divine artifact using science to try to hopefully gain immortality. Because they knew it was magic. They, they dealt knew, with both magic and technology. Magic. They, they dealt with both. They knew this was 
of they they knew this was of divine origin but they wanted to he wanted to use it to help his race become immortal and possibly surpass the gods themselves and so Lorcan Lorcan is not what caused this Lorcan is actually said to be the only Phaedra the only divine to have truly died okay but the heart of Lord, this the divine artifact caused the entire Dwemer race to just disappear. Yes. Gone. Well, because I wanted to know what the powers were. Maybe, you know, we could try to surmise what might happen. Maybe they got shunned into another dimension. Maybe they were scattered they throughout time. Scattered. Maybe they were just obliterated. But I wanted to know background of this artifact to it's, try to figure it out. It is most likely they probably got shunned into another dimension as a more proper use of the tools resulted in the heart losing its power on the mortal plane. It disappears itself. Okay, so it sounds like it was a reactionary defense. If you screw this artifact this way, it does this and disappears. That's what it sounds like to me. Because these guys just kind of, okay, we're going to keep poking it with a stick. The, the Dwemer disappeared basically because they poked something they shouldn't have. Yes, okay. When it was properly done, it dismissed the hunt from the mortal plane as it should have. Okay, so someone else later messed with it and it just went bing. Yes, got as it. it okay. should have. Okay, I just wanted to get that out of the way. We mentioned it. Okay, we're going to get back now to... Which which sounds like a future expansion where the Dwemer come back. Possibly. Bethesda, only, if you're listening, we're just offering this as a suggestion. Anyway. Only one Dwemer actually remained after this because that particular Dwemer was on another plane at, at the time. So he basically comes up, hey guys, I'm home. Wait a minute, everybody go. Yeah. Everybody go. Yeah. Plus all the player characters. Right. He did that later, much later, but that's the nature of elves and their kin. Yeah. Okay. So we are, let's say this Idet goes to Sarthal and they happen to run into these wizards there at Sarthal doing an archaeological dig or training. Mm -hmm. What race would these wizards be? What nation would they be from? They, and of course, the language gift, we'd be able to understand them automatically. So These wizards could be of varying races. I believe one was a dark elf or drow. One was a Khajiit, the cat folk. I think one was a Nord. I think another one was a different kind of elf. Uh, Nord would be like your Viking Nord human. Nord is your typical Viking. Yeah. Okay, let's name off the race. Okay, we'll right. call them the player and air quotes for Player character races of this game. Races that an IDET would meet coming through. So we will... Races. Here we go. Boom. Again, we are at elderscrolls.wikia.com for this. And okay. There's a few. Both playable and non-playable. Well, well, we'll deal with the playable ones here. So, I mean, ultimately, they're all playable. Yeah. Altmer. High Elves. Argonian. Uh, lizard folk, pretty much, from what I'm seeing here. Oviparous yeah. race of reptilian. They are lizard folk. Yeah. Bosmer. Wood elves. Uh, kind of like your probably, oh, jungle nation. So like jungle elves. Ooh. Oh, so imagine yeah. like your Yanomami from the Amazon, but in elven form. Oh, you got to watch it. They're, they're, they're. So basically an elven Barobi. Or the, yes. or the Navi. Yeah, that yeah. too, from uh, Avatar. Okay. There we go. The Breton. Now, the Breton, from what I'm seeing, half-elves. They are described as having both human and elven ancestry. Yes. That, to me, says half-elves. Okay. Dunmer. Those drow. 
Those are drugs. Next, okay, we have the Imperials. Basically, you're straight up humans with the map. Okay, what is it? Cyrodelics? Cyrodelics. Cyrodelics. It's a term meaning from, meaning they're from Cyrodiil. Yes, and members of the Imperial race are some of the most well-educated, wealthy, and well-spoken. So they would be the most civilized, <laughs> well, probably at least, I would say the most civilized nation there. Okay, we have the Khajiit, Catfolk, this, yeah. Have the Orsimer. Oh, yeah. You have the Orsimer, which are the Orcs. Yeah, so let me take a look at these guys here. Oh, the Imperials speak with a British accent. Eh, I, 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 would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I hmm. wouldn't know. I would have to go back and actually study that. Oh, well, we could. You know, either way. Okay, or, the Orsimer, Aldmeris for Orc, commonly known as Orcs, are considered to be barbarian people. Green skin, tusks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're straight up Orcs, folks. These are straight up Orcs. But you got to remember, a lot of these races are speciated from elves. So in this game, orcs are considered speciated elves. And then we have the Red Guards. Now, your Red Guards, um, Lost Continent of Yokuda, Presley in Hammerfell, um, Middle people. Eastern folks, yeah, your a, Bedouins. A desert people, their ancestors migrated from Middle Yeah, yeah. basically they are um, naturally gifted warriors. Yeah, imagine like your Bedouin nomad type warrior dervishes and whatnot, that type of culture. So... And of course you... Yeah, the Nords, which are pretty much like your Vikings. I mean, just... Which probably inhabit most of this region here. Let me... Yes, you would be right in that, Trav. The Nords do... are typically the ones that are the ones that inhibit... Yes. Uh, Skyrim. Skyrim is predominantly... Nordic. Okay. So where, so was it the Nords that attacked the folks at, at Sarthfall? No, the the now mo the now mostly extinct snow elves were the ones that attacked the Nords at Sarthfall. Yes. They started it for reasons unknown, and ultimately it ended in the extermination of the snow elves. So the Nords did take out the snow elves, and you Those said there were three. Nords left and they went back Those, and got more, or what? No. The Snow Elves attacked Sarthal. Yes. All but three people were killed in in the sacking of Sarthal. Okay. Those particular three went back to the Nords home continent of Atmora, came back with more people, and went on a on a genocidal hunt for the Snow Elves. Okay. All right. As I said, we're going to get more people and kill you back harder. Yeah. Right. Those that escaped the Nords, those that escaped the Nords, turned to the Dwemer for help. The, oh, we want bigger guns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, this ended up backfiring on them. What well. did the What the, did the The Dwemer? They had They had their specific conditions for their help. The The fungus that they were given that they were supposed to eat ended up blinding the snow elves and the Dwemer thus enslaved their own kin. Eventually, the snow elves degenerated into what is now known as the Falmer. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. And that explained why the Falmer are blind. Yes. Okay, so... The Falmer have taken over the 
The former have taken over the mass majority of the abandoned Wemmer cities. Okay. Oh, kind of like the in, in Eberron, the drow taking over the giant civilizations in Zender. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. So the Idet comes to Sarthal. They see these wizards here. They would start talking. And, of course, these wizards would see strange winter-garbed, mostly humans. If it's an early campaign, it's going to be humans. If it's a middle or late campaign, it's going to be a mixed team. That means they're going to be seeing Hi, Demixie, Golden Horde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's slargs, like, if it's like mostly humans, depending on how those humans look, yeah, you might be looked at with suspicion by the mages because of the because of the tense relationship between them and the rest of Skyrim, most largely due to what happened with Winterhold. Okay, so I'm seeing the three types of humans. I'm seeing the the Imperials. I would see as probably European. Oh, the man. Nords, Scandinavian, the Red Guard, Middle Eastern. Well, Nor- are the Nor- I thought Nords were elves. No. no. Nords. Oh. Nords are Vikings. Ah. Pretty much. Yeah, sure. Wolf God there, don't you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Apologies yeah. to our it northern is... Midwest. Scandahoovians. Yeah, there you go. Scandahoovian, like Laura used to say. Right. Yeah. That is pretty much the basic description of what they would look like. So if you were to come through with somebody from China or Japan, they just would not know what to think. Exactly. Or African. Or, or they might... They Native might American. Actually, hang on, let me, let me see if I can, can't find something here. Or are there other races that just have... I'm just court- thinking uh, the Portazil be wearing the winter suit with all the hand warmers he can get, the chemical ones, stuffed into the suit so he can just stay warm. Right, exactly. Oh, a Tazeel? Oh, yeah. Ooh, this, is his vision, this is vision of hell. Yeah, it would be, yeah, because considering Tazeel are cold-blooded, yeah, they would go through that portal and go, Nope. This is beyond my pay grade. This sucks. We're leaving now. Nope. I need all. The, I need I need the special Tazeel body size hand warmers. <laughs> yeah. Actually, based on this picture, they might think he's a clever. So the Dwemer, I don't know, the Dwemer doesn't look they, really reptilian. Have, no, I mean, the you were describing the Chinese-looking person. Yeah, someone from Asia. Chinese, yes. Japanese, Vietnamese, right. Korean. Look at the face. They'd uh, uh, be like, somewhere's ears at, yeah. yeah. But no, um, a Tazil, they would look at him and just see him as a variant, um, which one again? Argonian. Argonian. They're like, aren't you a little way from the Black Marsh? You know. Yeah. 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 Gotta love our Argonians. Black Missing Marsh. a few horns or whatnot, because the zeal are generally smooth headed. I mean, they got the scales and the eyes, right. but, but they don't have the horns sticking out like the Argonians do. Not all the Argonians do either. Okay, so there are genetic variations. Right. That, okay, so you might see them as an Argonian from a particular region. Got it. But right. still. Most likely they would consider them to be Argonian. Okay. Yeah, easily. But, but still, I don't see a lot of Argonians heading up to Skyrim. And then there, the, the, then are the two that make draw some 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 looks. The guy who with with eight legs, and the guy with four legs in the trunk. Oh yeah, you mean the Blizzards? Yeah, that's right. Well, the, the Blizzards wouldn't be a problem because they already have mammoths. Yeah, but that, that was, is true. They, they why does center- that mammoth talk? Yeah, and why do I feel just so mellow? He's enchanted. Yeah, okay, Jeff, I don't think I told you about this race. The Blizznes are about five feet tall at the shoulder. They look like an elephant. They have a natural 
psionic calming feel. They make great diplomats because everybody just sort of calms down and chills out around a blizzard. And if I remember correctly, they're 100% fringe-worthy. So a very, very, very chill mammoth. Well, not a mammoth. No, I mean, they would well, be, they're about, they would be a little bit bigger than a baby elephant. Yeah, they're a baby, they're a baby mammoth. Yeah, th- they don't have the fur of a mammoth. So they actually, right. it would be cold for him. Well, yeah. you say that, but then, you know, I'm sure we can. I'm sure they. It wouldn't be that hard to put fur on it. Well, yeah, some type of cold weather gear for the blizzards. I mean, be... you might want to actually try to blend in a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, well yeah, even yeah. in Skyrim, you do have leather working, so it would not be inconceivable for a leather working person to fashion some sort of cover hide to put over this creature. And also, I'm talking, Ident would have what? cold weather gear for various, because you would have... I'm just saying a, 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 a downfield vest, a downfield suit on that, on that blizzness. No, yeah. it would be fur. Fur would be the way to go. But yeah, yeah. Even, but... even though the Ident team would have blizzness with its own weather gear, if something were to happen to it after you came through the portal... You could go to your local blacksmith shop, which also doubles as your leather tanning shop, and they could fashion your business with a new cover. Your mammoth has the mange. To be continued. Yo, brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, cause we're some bad mothers.